Guys, let's, let's finish up um, Galatians 5. Um, I have had this plan for some time, and <clears throat> many of you know a little bit about the text. Um, in um, Beginning in verse 18, you get what is called the, uh, the uh, well, later on in the passage, the fruit of the Spirit, but you also get before that uh, what you'd have to call fruit of the flesh. And um, there's a list. There's two lists. There's, a, there's, a, there's this life of walking by the Spirit being described here. And, um, and I made a call, a, a, a judgment um, some time ago, not to go over each of these words. What, what did you want me to say about envy? Did you want me to give you the Greek word and tell you all the ins and the outs of the tenses of the verbs? You don't need that. Um, you know what envy is. Um, maybe some of these things are, um, are a little bit more difficult. Um, but ultimately, guys, I don't think you need a whole lot of explanation about the words themselves. Um, none of these things can hide behind some kind of plea of ignorance. Well, I didn't know that envy was a sin. Well, I, yeah, it is. Uh, and it's all mapped out there for you in, in, in stark colors, and it's not pretty. Um, he says in verse 16, to walk by the Spirit for the desires of the flesh. In verse 17, gets the Spirit. And then you get to verse 18. Um, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are uh, not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, verse 18, there they are. They're evident. Um, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. It does appear that the lists have groupings to them. Like the first uh, grouping would have to do with sexual sin. Wouldn't you just guess that? Um, look at it. Sexual immorality, impurity, sexu- sensuality. By the way, guys, um, the word, the Greek word for sexual immorality is the word pornia. It's the Greek word from which we get the English word uh, pornography. When Jesus states that there's one grounds of divorce called sexual immorality, the word there in Matthew 19 is the same one here. It, it has to do with any pornographic behavior, not just some affair um, with a married person, you know? But, but uh, it starts off with deeds of the flesh, and these deeds, he, he begins by pointing you to some kind of sexual category, a category of sexual sins. Um, I, I don't know that I have to say a whole lot about that. Um, that kind of lifestyle, that kind of activity is... is, is um, they're deeds of the flesh. Then he moves to another category, which seems to be somewhat religious in nature. Uh, in verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, um, th- those two things. Sorcery seems to be more private than idolatry. You know, the things that you do in your closet, but, you know, in closed, behind closed doors. Um, uh, it's a brand of idolatry, but it's more of a more private brand. But you've got, you've got the whole sexual category. Now you've got this religious category. And then he moves into this interpersonal relationships, and he mentions eight items. Eight items in simply personal relationships, guys. L- look at it. Um, 
uh, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Eight items in a, in a, in a category of breakdown in human relationships. Now, guys, I want you to notice this. Um, in particular, when we get to the second half of the text, how, how many of these things are internal. For instance, how do you envy? You don't do it with your hands. You don't do it with your feet. It's something on the inside. The problem's on the inside. And interestingly, once we get to the fruit of the Spirit, every one of them is something internal, something from the inside. Um... But look at all this stuff that happens among people in just building relationships. Fits of anger. <clears throat> I shouldn't tell this, but um, uh, Bill Harrington's out there, and he'll know, he'll know the problem, and, and so will Kirk Cromus. Um, you know, I work out. Um, I know it doesn't look like it, but I do. Uh, and they can vouch for me uh, five days a week. I'm over there, you know, pushing steel. Well, I don't know whether you know anything about um, um, a weight room, but there's all these machines in there. And one of the machines, I was working out of this machine, and, and I was going to move this one right next to me. Um, and the one right next to me, the seat is over here. I mean, I'm right here, and I, all I have to do is go, and I'm, I'm on it. Um, and, the, and the, it's got a little column of weights, and you go over here, and you do this thing like that, you know? So I finish up this, this machine, and I'm, I'm standing, fully standing, and I am walking over to sit down to do this. And this man comes up from behind the machine and takes a paper towel and plops it on the back of the machine to say that he got there first. Now, he's in the back of the machine, and I'm in the front of the machine. I'm that far from the seat, and he's six feet from the seat. But he plopped his little paper towel uh, from behind the machine. Have you ever had a fit of anger? (laughs) I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, um, fortunately for my career... Um, but fits of anger, where do they, where do they come from? I remember Larry Crabb used to say that anger is the result of blocked goals. I think that's so true. And my goal was to get on that thing. And this guy came and plopped his paper towel up there. Boom. Something goes off in us. What is that, ladies and gentlemen? Is that because I have trouble with my hands or my eyes or my feet or my knees? No, no it's a heart problem. It's, it's, the, it's the inner man, ladies and gentlemen, that the scripture is always after. It's never asking you to change your behavior so that you can change yourself. No, it's, at, it's calling you to change the heart so that the behavior will follow. And people who clean up their outsides thinking that that's spirituality, it is not. Mormons have marvelous spirituality. Excuse me, morality. 
Very frankly, they're probably more moral than we are. They don't drink caffeine either, you know? Whoop-de-doo. I, I, I don't want you to miss that, guys, in this whole list. I don't need to tell you what fits of anger are, and I don't need to tell you what envy is, but I can tell you this much. It's a problem of our hearts. The problem is the heart. That's what has to be addressed. N- not, not my outsides. My outsides will follow if my heart is changed. Now, we, um, I don't know a whole lot because I've got one big thing that I want to go over. Now we move to the other thing, the other list of um, the fruits of the Spirit. Now, guys, I, I think you probably have heard this before, but let me put it out. Uh, look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. You notice that the word fruit is singular. It's not plural. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit with little multi-parts, <laughs> many parts, multifaceted. It's like, a, it's like a bunch of grapes, a fruit, but it's got all kinds of different parts to it. And, and, I, and I looked over these again this morning, and um, it seems to me, first of all, they're in little, clump, they're in little categories too, but love, joy, peace, patience. None of that's outside. None of it. It's all inside. The issue's the inside. Um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's all inside, ladies and gentlemen. Now, guys, um, I, want, I really want to teach you one major thing tonight. Um... And what I'm about to teach you, you better hope that I'm right. I I hope you'll listen to this. But you better hope I'm right. Okay? Um, This is a King James Bible. Um, That red one down there is the New King James I'll tell you what, I'm going to read it from the New King James because it takes out all the williths and doeths. Uh, but it says the same thing. This is, that's the King James. This is the New King James. This is in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Can I read that to you from the King James? Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Oh, that's been sitting there all along. Yeah, what a nice, nice thing I could have had. Okay, um, can I read you that again? Um, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Now, guys, go back to that little, that little list over there in, in Galatians 5. Fits of anger. Anybody guilty here or just me? Jealousies. Anybody got any of those? <laughs> no. Envy. By the way, there's also a, a category that I did not read, and I'm sorry I didn't, but in that first half of that first list, it, has, it talks about drunkenness and debaucheries. 
It even mentions a term in there that I'm not supposed to ever use again, according to the staff. So I won't use it. But anybody been guilty of um, drunkenness? Now, can I read you that text out of the New King James again? It says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. They told me to stay in behind these speakers or I will shriek. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Now, when you were looking at that first list there in Galatians 5, did you get any pang? Did anything ping on the inside? Ooh, you know, I don't do any sorcery. <laughs> you know, I got it beyond my sorcery when I got out of college. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But, you know, uh, dissensions? Uh, envy? Oh, well, I don't do very good on that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It says right here, if you're born of God, you do not sin. But you just told me you did sin. And everyone within the sound of my voice. And this text says, everyone who is born of God does not sin. Now, guys, you better hope I'm right about what I'm about to say. Okay? Um, gang, when you, when you read those lists, and, and let me do this for you real, real fast, too. Um, if, you, if you're having trouble identifying with the list, let me, let me just pose a few questions to you. Um, what do we want most? Huh? What's the thing that you want most? Um, what do you think about most? Um... How do you use your money? What do you do with your leisure time? Whose company do we enjoy? Who and what do we admire? Last one. What do we laugh at? Now, guys, if, if Galatians 5 won't help you, it won't help, won't expose you, then if you'll just take uh, that list of seven questions and then superimpose it on the list, and then hopefully you will be exposed. But then I just read you out of 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, says, whoever's born of God does not sin. And I'm talking to a group of people, all of whom have. So what's the answer? Guys, um, in 1 John 3, several places, but the, the, the clearest place is in verse 9, but in several places. The Greek language is more precise than is the English language. The Greek language has six tenses, whereas the... the um, English language has three tenses. So the, um, the Greek language can say things in a, in a verbal tense that will, that will give you a more accurate understanding of what's trying to be communicated. Guys, you better hope I'm right. 
the Greek tense of the verb in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 that says, whoever is born of God does not sin. The Greek tense of that verb is in the present. It's in the present tense. Now, um, we, in the Greek language, a present tense verb is describing a certain kind of action. It's describing an, a repetitive ongoing action. Okay? Uh, it, it appears about three times in 1 John 3, one time in 1 John 4. Same kind of broad universal statement, if you know God, you don't sin. But then we just read Galatians 5 that slays us. And then we look at that and say, oh my gosh, I'm, 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 I'm toast. Now, you better hope I'm right. Because the, the tense of the Greek verb in 1 John 3 is a, is a present tense verb which describes an ongoing, habitual, repeated, continuous action. It's not just, did I sin once? But is the trajectory of my life such that I'm ongoingly, repetitively, continuously in sin, doing those things that you read out of first or out of Galatians 5. Now, I'm saying you better hope I'm right. Because if I'm not right, we are all toast. But the translators of the English Standard Version, they agree with me. Listen, listen, listen to how, how the English Standard Version translates that very same verse, 1 John 3, verse 9. Listen to it. No one born of God, listen to this, makes a practice of sinning. Now, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is one Greek word translated by four English words, makes a practice of sinning, five words. Um, the translators of the ESV are trying to give you the sense of the Greek tense. And what it says is, no one's born of God makes a practice of sinning. Where is the King James? Simply says, no one is born of God's sins. All I'm saying, guys, is that the Greek present tense describes an ongoing, continual action. And so everybody can breathe deeply again. Now, go back to Galatians 5 and read it again. Um, because, guys... Have you been guilty of envy? <laughs> of course we have. Have you been guilty of jealousies? Have you been guilty of fits of anger? Have you? Now let me ask you this. Is the general bent of your life one of fits of anger? Is the general bent of your life one of envy and jealousy? Then you got a problem. But having committed these ugly things that are 
that are listed here, impurity, sensuality, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, there's the word, orgies and things of the, uh, uh, like these. Um, this describes me. But it doesn't describe the general bent of my life. It describes events, occasions, episodes, explosions. But in the main, it does not describe me. And if you're born of God, it doesn't describe you either. I I didn't say you hadn't done these things. You have. But the general trajectory of our lives is not one that is like this. It is one that is like this. And when you're in the Germantown Community Center and a guy plops his, his paper towel from behind the machine to, to prove to you that he got there first, um, and your blood pressure goes from... Well, that's not good. It's still not, a, it's still not anything but a fit of anger. But that is not the bent of my life. Is it yours? Is it the trajectory of your life? Because gang, um, if you go back and you insist on holding on to your King James Version, which is fine, you're going to stumble across 1 John 3 and it's going to awaken you. I'm born of God. And yet I do some of that. What does that mean about me? Well, nothing. It means that we've got a... No, that's not right. It means that we've got a long ways to go in terms of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. But do you make a practice of those things? Hope not. Um, the other things, guys, this is what's supposed to characterize us. It's supposed to be um, the fruit of the Spirit. By the way, um, um, all of those things, not just one or two, all of those things listed as fruit of the Spirit are to be true, are to be true of all of us. Well, I'm pretty good on the peace and the joy thing, but I'm not too good on that love thing, you know. No. All of it. Now, let me, make, let me make one other distinction, and we'll go to Snow Cone. Gang, um, uh, I have to tell you that though um, my blood pressure went through the roof when the man slapped his paper towel on the machine, I said nothing. And I should have squatted my big fat body on the seat and said, ha ha, too bad, buddy. I didn't. I didn't do that. Here's the distinction I'm trying to make. There's a difference between sin and temptation to sin. You know, Luther's famous, quote, uh, famous comment is, I cannot keep the birds from flying over my head, but I can keep them from nesting in my hair. To be tempted to have a 
ugly scene at the Germantown Community Center, you better believe I was. But I said nothing. So the temptation to a fit of anger is a different thing than a fit of anger. Than to have just a knockdown, drag out brawl right there over the machine. I didn't do that. So, though we may be tempted, the issue is not whether I'm tempted. The issue is if I give way to the temptation to do those things. Gang, those are key distinctions. The, the difference between temptation, Jesus was tempted. He just didn't sin. That distinction is, is important. But this other one is more important, guys. It, and you, you better, like I say, you better hope I'm right. But I am. And the translators of the ESV agree, and every modern translation will translate that verb with some kind of continual action in it or implied by it. So, I'm not asking you, have you ever envied? I'm asking you, is that the bent of your life? Jealousies and dissensions and orgies and, and drunkenness and, and is that the bent of your life? Then you're not a saved person. But have those things happened to us? Yeah, they have. And they're not pretty and I don't like it. And what I'd like to have, what I'd like to see more fleshed out is this other thing called, not fruits, but called fruit. All of it. The whole package. It's supposed to be in me. That's what a life of walking in the Spirit looks like. Let's go ahead. Our Father, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the distinctions that we can draw from it, and I pray that it'll be profitable for your people, that uh, you might send them home from here quieted, uh, knowing that we've got a long way to go, but knowing that this wonderful work of grace that you have wrought in us has changed the traje trajectory of our lives. We are no longer... Uh, mostly described in that first section, that first half, those deeds of the flesh, but the things that are being born out and growing are those things called fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, O oh God, for the resident Holy Spirit who equips us, who motivates us, and enables us to perform and to produce uh, some of those things. Might we... Uh, find more of them being fleshed out as we follow Jesus more closely. We pray, of course, in Jesus' name, amen.